Five years was hard, I remember, because after you have like the quintuple bypass, I remember I went online and I Googled it and I saw five-year recovery period. I don't know if that's a thing or if it's not. And the reason why I don't know is because I never Googled it again. And it just stayed in my head five years, five years, five years. And now it's been 10 years since my quintuple bypass. It is sometimes mind-blowing just really how much has changed and how much has changed me. So that's cool. Let's talk about it. He's not just hi, Dad. He's my dad. James Gutman. What's up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Friday. It's the end of Dece- the end of December. What the hell, 2022. Thank you for joining me. If you found me on High Pod on Dad.com, any streaming service, anywhere you found me, like, subscribe. You know, you know the drill. Come on, how long we've we been doing this? Not just me, but like the internet, like you know by now. Just like and subscribe or whatever. Watch till the end. Operators are standing by. Thank you for being on here. Thank you for following me on social media too. Sometimes I forget to plug it. Hi, James Gutman. H-I, James Gutman. I'm over everywhere. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, woof, send me a woof. That's not a thing. It's been a good week. It definitely has been a good week. It's been a good year. It's been a good decade. It's been... It's been a good life. 2012, I had a quintuple bypass. I've written about it. I've talked about it. I remember everything about it in terms of how it happened, what I went through, some of the thoughts that I had, some of the things that happened. I remember, you know, the doctor asked me if I did heroin. The nun said she was going to pray for me. Um, Even afterwards, the the first roommate that I had, it turns out, was a homeless guy who was smoking cigarettes in the bathroom. That was real and weird, <laughs> and that happened. But the thing about all of it is that the experience itself, the night of my surgery, the night of everything that happened, felt so much like kind of a before and after time for me. What ended up happening was I was brought into the hospital. I was brought in from into the first hospital. They said, you didn't have a heart attack. I said, yes, it did. Whole thing, angiogram. Oh, look, you're, you're going to have a quintuple bypass. Oh, fantastic. They bring me to the second hospital. Now, between the first hop- hospital and the second hospital, no one could come and meet me. There was no time for anybody to come up and see me. So I didn't see anybody I knew between the first hospital and the surgery. That was it. Once I left the first hospital, that was it. I was going for my surgery. Didn't see anybody else. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm, I'm already dead. Like, this is already, this is, this is the afterlife kind of thing in a movie. It's so stupid. I knew he was dead when he had the heart surgery. It was like, that was like heaven, right? Like afterwards. And I, I think that way sometimes. I make that joke sometimes even now because my life has changed so much. And I'll say that to people. Be like, you know, but it felt that way. It felt like that was the final scene of my life. I was hard. I had to come to kind of come to grips with it, dealt with it. And then I woke up, right? Now, when you think like that and you get yourself kind of into that mindset, which 
sadly wasn't even the first time I did it. I, I did a, a blog a while back. I don't know if I did a podcast talking about it too, where I talked about falling under a train when I was eight years old. That happened too. That also was quite crazy. <laughs> I've had a lot of little crazy moments here and there in my life. That was a pretty crazy moment. It was above ground train. It was an active train. It had pulled in the kind of train that goes into Penn Station in the city. I fell underneath and you know broke my arm. I remember looking down, seeing the ground below, and thinking to myself, oh, this is this is where I die. Right? And it was such a matter-of-fact thing of like, well, I guess that's it. And then that didn't happen. And that brings with it all sorts of questions, you know, things philosophies and things about the world and God and the afterlife. But for me, the only thing that really happened when I went through it at the age of 35 in 2012 was I don't want to not be happy. I don't want to not live happy. I don't want to not do the things that bring me joy. And God, I say it And I know even in my words, I feel like a hypocrite because I know there are times that I don't do that. There are times when I don't take in the good stuff. There's times where I sometimes do focus a little too hard on some of the negatives to myself. The only thing I know though is that I always feel worse when I do that. And I know I feel better when I don't. So it's my goal to not do that as much as possible. Do I fail? Yeah, a lot. (laughs) I think a lot of us do. It's hard not to. Sometimes the world beats you down. You get knocked down and all that stuff and chumba wumba, you know. I'll get up again. Yeah. That's it. That's the song. But for me, it's it's about not letting things define where my head is at. Not letting myself stay in those places. And since then, I have slowly but surely to today where I got to be honest, man, things happen in my life now. Something will happen that will be like so like, oh my God, something that I know, and I don't mean specifically, I mean like an event will happen in my life that will make me think back to, you know, 12, 15 years ago. How would I have reacted to this? And I think, oh my God, I probably would have been like, oh my God. I was high strung. I was not irritable, but I definitely got a little like worked up. I came from that. I I internalized that. That's who I was, you know? Sometimes you try to find reasons why we are the way they are. Well, I grew up around people who were, yeah, but sometimes just you. It was just me. I was just, that's who I was. And that's how I reacted. But now, things happen to me. It's like you punched me in the face, I just stare back at you. All the challenges that I've faced and that we face every single day, they may be challenging, but they also have hidden messages. They have hidden meaning. They have lessons buried within them, you know? I talk a lot about finding out my son was going to be nonverbal and what I thought at the time versus what it ended up becoming. And that's something that I learned. I learned that this thing that if I had gone back in time and told myself, this is going to be news that you're going to hear one day, I never would have imagined it would be what it is today. He's a loving boy. He's the light of our life in this house. He's wonderful. That's a great thing. That would be considered a challenge. I have this heart surgery and it gives me this newfound love of life. It gives me this newfound love of health. You know, I'm healthier than I ever was. I eat better. I take better care of myself. I want to be here for my kids. And that's something that I always knew, but you never say out loud until you have to. 
You know, people just live for their kids. He's a great dad. He is. But it isn't until that is almost taken away that you could really truly focus on what am I doing? I'm, I want to be a good dad. I want to be here for these kids. I never thought about a world that I didn't exist in for them. I thought about my daughter. My daughter was three and I'm like, oh my God, she's going to grow up. Her dad died when she was three. And I kept putting pieces of stories together that hadn't happened yet and I didn't like any of them. And I was like, all right, you know what? I may have this genetic heart thing, right? But if I die of some sort of heart attack or as, as I once had a, a family member tell me, it was uh, in our family. If the heart don't get you, the stomach cancer does. I'm like, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate knowing that ahead of time. But it's true, man. Like once that day comes where I'm gone and I'm done, I want to be able to have people look back and be like, he did everything possible to stay here for his kids, for his family, for the people who love him, for Lauren, for Christian, for both of my children, like for the people who have supported me, for the people who have been there for me. I don't want to leave them. So because of that, I kind of eat boring. I love steak. I'm one of the weirdest pescatarians you've ever met in your life. I make meat for my kids. I don't mind. You want to eat meat, eat meat. All you want. People turn to me like, I'm going to eat meat anyway. I don't care. You don't eat. I'm like, I don't who cares what you eat. Eat whatever you want. Go eat your kids. I don't who cares. Like whatever. So, but I do that for me on the off chance that there's anything I could do to push off, you know, the possibly inevitable. I don't know. I don't smoke. I don't ingest smoke. I'm just different. But in all the ways that I should be given my circumstance because I know what's important and I know who's important. And for those people, I want to be the best version of myself and I want to be here for as long as possible. So hopefully I get to do that. Thank you guys for letting me kind of vent to you here today. Um, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me to be able to do this, to be able to write this. I think a lot of feeling better uh, mentally, internally, all that, a lot of it has to do with writing these blogs and doing these podcasts. And it means the world to me that you guys allow me to do that. So thank you. I appreciate it. I'll be back here next Friday with a brand new edition of the show. Until next time, James Gutman saying, be well. Bye, Pod. I'm done.